Welcome to Can You Imagine, a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of hope, confidence, and action in Winnipeg's youth. My name is Daniel Reimer, and it is my honor to introduce the first episode of Can You Imagine? But first, for those of you listening that may be unfamiliar with Can You Canada, well, Can You Canada, also known as the University of Can, is a Winnipeg-based charity committed to inspiring and connecting Winnipeg youth with post-secondary students in mutually transformative mentorships and educational enrichment experiences. Founded in 2011, CanU began as a pilot program with 15 kids with the sole purpose of inspiring hope and confidence through on-campus experiences. Since then, CanU has grown to nearly 800 kids between grades 5 and 12 from every corner of Winnipeg. Prior to its transition to virtual experiences in 2020, CanU and its 1,000 university volunteers and stakeholders have facilitated a truly comprehensive on-campus experience for a diverse and growing group of Winnipeg kids that may otherwise not have had such an opportunity. Whether it be through hands-on medical simulations alongside Manitoba's future doctors or arguing mock trials in front of Manitoba judges, Canyon kids are given an opportunity to see their own possibilities through a diverse range of after-school experiences. I am joined today by none other than the founder and executive director of Canyon Canada, Roger Barrington. How are you doing, Roger? Oh, Daniel, after that introduction, I am doing fantastic. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today. Uh, as, uh, as you may not know, Roger will be joining me as host of the Can You Imagine podcast. Um, and I, for one, uh, cannot be more excited to share some of the stories of, of Can You's past and what we're currently doing at Can You. How about you? Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. This is a dream come true. You know, it's hard to believe that Canyu's been around uh, celebrating 10 years uh, coming up soon. Like you said, inspiring uh, stories of amazing kids from all across Winnipeg and even from uh, other parts of the province. And, uh, but, you know, just for our uh, listening audience, I think it's important to introduce Daniel. And so Daniel's been a huge part of Canyu for the last uh, several years, five, six, seven years. Uh, Daniel, as a law student in his second year, became the coordinator of our brand new Can You Law program. And so kids had the amazing experience of coming to the university and uh, being uh, mentored and uh, schooled in, in the practice of law by uh, University of Manitoba law students. And Daniel's continued to be involved in Can You in a variety of ways, including serving on our junior board and being a practicing lawyer, uh, and now he's our creative director. It's just an amazing uh, thing. And thank you, Daniel, for taking on this project and for doing putting your heart and soul into it. Absolutely. Um, it, it's it's funny. Once you start to become involved with Can You, there's something that just pulls you back into it. You you can't uh, you can't get enough. So let let's go back to uh, what Can You is. Why is what Can You does important? Oh, wow. What a question. You know, Daniel, to be honest, uh, 10 years ago when we uh, had uh, this vision of um, introducing kids to the dream of a post-secondary education and providing them with mentors and university students who'd be able to walk alongside of them in an unfamiliar place to help them uh, think about what their future dreams and potential might be, we really had a desire to help a few kids. And, um, the why has kind of emerged, but really at the at the beginning of it all, we wanted to inspire uh, Winnipeg kids in hope and confidence by seeing possibilities and seizing opportunities. We ended up with these uh, little, I, I would I would say they were given to us these ideas of what would be foundational to a kid's development starting in grade five. And it's emerged over time. It's become more sophisticated. We've been giving other angles and other insights into what we're being asked to do for our city and beyond. Going even deeper into your your personal reasons, even, um, is there a reason why your work with CanU is important to you personally? Oh, well, you know, Daniel, I've given this a lot of thought. You know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, at, at first, I, I wasn't sure 
why I was being tapped on the shoulder to uh, be involved in this. But, you know, I, I, I professionally, I, I uh, worked with university students for many years and I had the amazing experience of seeing these young leaders in action. And, and when a friend of mine started an after-school program in Toronto in the densest, uh, po- most densely populated part of our country, or newcomers to Canada, and she recognized that kids were learning English and they didn't have a place to play, and and uh, they were playing on parking lots in uh, in between sky rises. And something occurred to me that, you know, we Winnipeg has some challenges uh, with our children and their futures. So I asked Sylvia if I could start one of these after-school running and reading programs in Winnipeg, and not knowing much about the school system or about needs or about even cultures, I, I embarked on this little bit of a journey. Uh, and for five years, I launched, helped launch uh, some of these after-school programs in three Winnipeg schools and three northern communities in Manitoba. And I, I, it was an amazing experience for me to learn how to relate to the school system, how to include university students as volunteers in these after-school programs in these neighborhoods. But really, that was the kind of, uh, in addition to being an end in itself, it was also the birthplace for what was to come, which was Can You. As I've reflected on my uh, role in Can You, I realized about five years ago that uh, being a, a child in a single parent family myself, when my parents uh, chose to uh, separate ways when I was nine years old, I I was an only child. I was with my mom, uh, I, I, it was a time when divorce was not that common, and I was struggling. I was struggling as a, a young boy to know if I was loved or if know if I had anything to offer. Or, and I was not realizing it at the time. I was looking for someone who believed in me, who thought I was worthy of effort or resource or opportunity. And so, you know, fast forward many years, I realized that deep inside of me, I was starting Can You to reach Roger, you know, and and other little nine-year-old boys and girls who uh, would benefit so much from having uh, adults believe in them and to have an opportunity that wouldn't be available to them otherwise. And uh, so kind of cool to come full circle to reach the nine-year-old that still lives in me that wants to be believed in and to be filled with hope and confidence. Absolutely. And that's such a powerful story. I don't think those stories are told enough because I hear that all the time. And I have a similar story where, you know, growing up on, you know, welfare, social assistance, single mom, and not really understanding, um, you know, what my possibilities were, not really understanding that there was something more than the factory that my older brother worked at for my future, right? And and it really wasn't until, you know, some role models came forward and, you know, saw my potential, saw my possibility. Those possibilities weren't necessarily, you know, cure cancer or go to space or anything like that. It was saw possibilities that were beyond my current trajectory. Wow. And, uh, and, and it's those investments from those community advocates that I felt really made a difference in my life and, and really makes me aware of the difference um, that's needed in, in a lot of kids' lives um, oh, wow. regarding that. Yeah, that's so true, Daniel. And I really appreciate you sharing that with, I, I know that your story and it's a powerful one and, and congratulations to you for being that child who persevered and took the opportunities that came your way and believed and trusted those adults to kind of point you in that direction. Uh, you know, as, a, as a, a general community looking in, you're hoping that those role models are going to be positive, um, but they, they aren't always. No. Um, and, and it's so important that um, for me, at least, to I- invest my time in ensuring that uh, the, those positive role models exist and that there is uh, uh, that opportunity for those kids. Um, it's, it's so important. So let, let's go back a little yeah, bit. Sure. Um, so you had mentioned we're talking about uh, 10 years of Can You. That's, 
that's not insignificant. That's a big milestone. 10 years from what I was talking about earlier, 15 kids to uh, nearly 800 kids. Um, That's... That doesn't just happen for every charity. That doesn't just happen to every person that says, I want to help kids. Um, what do you think Can you did differently in wow. those 10 years? Well, first of all, there are so many organizations out there that do amazing work, and, and, and Can you has listened to them and learned from them and partnered with them along the way. But I think one thing that we actually was a part of our, our not only our early success in growth, but also in what became our DNA, what became our organizational culture, was constraints, uh, obstacles. Uh, even in that first t- uh, year, you know, we we had no money, we had nothing. You know, we we had an idea, and we had three school friends. You know, three schools that I had. Who were those work- schools? Uh, those three founding schools are are Shaughnessy Park School, Sister McNamara School. And William White School. Incredible. Yeah, and they're amazing schools. And they had amazing principles back when we started. And it was because, you know, I had developed a connection with those schools through that this running and reading program that I was involved in. And I got to know the system, but I also got to know the leadership and, and the school division. And it it the, those partners also were were a part of this believing in what this might be. And, you know, at any turn uh, in the road, I, I could have been easily convinced that this idea wouldn't have worked, you know. But, you know, you know, when I was courageous enough to share it with somebody, whether it was these principals or some of the teachers we were working with, the response was so positive that it emboldened me to kind of keep going. And there was an early story, Daniel, when my son played fairly high-level hockey and we were we were at a hockey rink for a hockey camp that Brent was involved in, and and uh, some of my friends were there with their sons, friends of my son, and uh, we were standing in the stands, and um, you know one of my friends, uh, his name is Jay, and another named Paul, and, and this is before Ken even got started. We're standing in the stands, and we're just chatting while our kids are playing hockey, and we started talking for some reason. I still don't know why, but we started talking about the idea of Can You. And Jay, I'll never forget this, great guy. This super Jay Crowley, right? Jay Crowley, yep. And Jay is one of these quiet founding friends of, of Can You and very, very significant. So we're standing in the stands. He's asking me some questions. I'm telling him kind of what the idea was. And Jay looked at me and said, Roger, this is such an amazing idea. How much is it going to cost you to do this pilot year? And I, I hadn't given much thought to that. I was just prepared to try and borrow a school bus to get the kids around and and ask a few people to buy some meals for the kids. You know, it was really duct tape and baler twine, you know. So I I said, Jay, you know, I think we could do a really great job with this this program over the fall and winter terms at the university for about $10,000. And Jay said to me, Roger, I'm in. Who do I write the check to? And uh, that was the beginning of Can You. We needed... Uh, a friend like Jay who believed in what we were doing and would help us uh, cover some of those early costs. So that was that was one of the early stories, amazing, in a hockey rink. Can you, from my experience, is held together by a little bit more than duct tape and uh, Baylor twine uh, in, in 2021, um, but it, it never ceases to amaze me at uh, how efficiently and lean can you can run um, because as I discussed earlier, we're talking 1,000 volunteers and stakeholders. These could be faculty members. These could be um, university students. Um, but that's really the lifeblood of what makes Can You Go, right? Um, or gifts in kind from the university um, or from just partners that see the difference that Can You's making and want to be a part of that. Um, and, and it, it's, it's incredible because you've gone from that, like that $10,000 pilot program to essentially doing the same thing, really focusing on the donated passions and time of, of so many stakeholders. Uh, and that's what really, really amazes me about Can You? Well, you know, Daniel, it's a super important thing. And, and, um, again, this is one of those emergent principles that I was talking about, uh, that we we didn't realize um, 
we weren't we weren't aware of all that was going on underneath that we were being asked to do for our city but you know one of the the early lessons was that as we recruited uh, brilliant university students to be those early volunteers, because we didn't have any money to buy any staff, we were all volunteers at, the, at that point. I was the volunteer executive director for eight years of CanU, and we wanted to do charitable work differently. We wanted to do it super efficiently and super effectively. We thought that there was a way to accomplish great things where it wasn't just one party benefiting, but, uh, you know, I love the fact that you recognize the term mutually transformative because it, it, it truly is. And early in those days, we recruited uh, university volunteers to be those mentors and those uh, learning enrichment kind of facilitators but we didn't realize the benefit that they would be receiving. And the feedback we got early on was, you know, we're, we're getting more out of this than the kids themselves. We're learning so much. We're having a, uh, an opportunity to hone our leadership skills, to serve our community conveniently right on campus, to learn how to communicate and teach the things that they were learning. So the nutrition students designed and led our nutrition program. The track and field athletes designed and led our track program. The law students designed and led our law program. That became the model for CanU. And so not only did the kids have these great experiences, but the university students really, as young 20-somethings, cut their teeth in community service, broadening their worldviews, uh, developing professional skills, uh, having their some of their um, worldviews shaped and enhanced, and it all happening conveniently right on campus. Never mind the the resume hit that you know uh, those students would get. So those are some of the early lessons. We didn't start out with that plan. That became apparent as we went on. Same with the partnerships with the university. You know they wanted to um, grow in their ability to serve the. The, our community, and we provided them with the opportunity to do so in exchange for the use of their facilities. So the University of Manitoba, I just need to commend them for their forward thinking and their generosity by providing CanU with not only all of the lab space and gym space and classrooms, but also providing CanU with some office space. And so we are able to uh, proudly say that we are in partnership with post-secondary institutions and don't spend a cent of donor or sponsor funds on rent. That's incredible. Uh, and, and that helps function in that, that lean capacity where you're not dealing with overhead. Um, what can you really has and has invested really heavily in is volunteer capital and you have volunteer capital coming out the the wazoo, right? Uh, I, I think uh, Ken, you just recently had its mentor volunteer applications go through, right? Yep. Um, and not everyone that applies to volunteer becomes a mentor necessarily, yeah. right? Um, so there is is a huge demand to be a volunteer, and uh, and it. it it makes sense why. It's an incredible opportunity. Well, our staff, you know, we have these uh, this amazing staff team. You know, Josephine and Angelica and Brittany lead the charge. And, you know, they, uh, they have this high value on creating a prestigious volunteer experience for university students. And, you know, we want everybody to have the chance. We want everybody to have that developmental opportunity but some people just aren't quite ready or we don't have enough spots for everybody who volunteers. And I know that sounds silly for so many organizations that are stretched and don't have enough volunteers to run their programs, but we find ourselves in a pretty special place and we're very, very grateful for it. The other thing about our volunteer approach with young people like university students is we kind of see this as a uh, a long-term impact on society. We believe we're giving young people the chance to become future leaders and community changers as they grow in influence as they enter their professional lives. So we believe that you know great things are happening not only now on campus, in the kids and in our volunteers, but in the future through these kids who are going to become amazing and who already are becoming amazing leaders and, of course, our alumni group of volunteers. 
that always strikes me as amazing. Um, Kanyu's ability to focus on why it's doing what it's doing, not necessarily the what and how, and being able to adapt quickly um, to be able to find ways to inspire hope and confidence, whether it's on campus, whether it's on Zoom, wherever it is. So we talked a little bit about 10 years ago. Uh, we talked a little bit about today. Um, let's talk 10 years in the future. We're celebrating Kanyu's 20th anniversary. Wow. What has Kanyu accomplished? Oh boy, you know, I hope um, I hope we continue to listen to what is happening in us and around us so that we continue to adapt to what the world needs us to do to inspire kids in all kinds of ways. You know, hope and confidence are two, Daniel, of what are four positive psychological capacities. Research shows that if, if uh, a human is uh, growing in hope, growing in confidence, some would say efficacy, resilience, and optimism. There, there's nothing that can stop that person from excelling, you know. And, and so we, you know, in addition to the incredible robotics programs and science programs and, and dentistry and occupational therapy and nursing and all the amazing things we have, underneath all of it is uh, an effort to encourage kids to grow in hope, efficacy, confidence, resilience, and optimism. And that can't be done in a classroom. That has to be modeled. That has to be nurtured. That has to be believed by everybody in the organization in order for it to happen. And so, you know, I've often thought of this for ourselves. Kenyu needs to live by its own motto. You know, Kenyu needs to see possibilities. And Kenyu needs to seize opportunities. If we're not doing that organizationally, what right do we have to presume to encourage kids to do that? So Kenyu as an organization has an obligation to think big and to see possibilities. And when they come our way, to seize. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. So... Roger, we've got a guest coming on. Could you tell us a little bit about this guest that's going to be joining us? Oh, would I ever love to. So 10 years ago, I had uh, partnerships with three Winnipeg schools. We mentioned them earlier. And in each of those schools were some champions. And, uh, you know, one of the, my observations in just this whole process was seeing how many incredible teachers and administrators are active in the public school system and part of what can you, I think, does kind of offhandedly is encourage these teachers to say, you know what, you're not alone. You're not alone in, in, in fact, you, every day you bring it for these kids. And can you once a week, uh, you know, facilitates or, you know, comes alongside of what you're doing daily and we offer a little dose of encouragement. But those early teachers, and I'm going to give them a shout-out right now. Debbie Medeiros at Shaughnessy Park School. She still is a Can You lead teacher at Shaughnessy Park 10 years later. Like, that is a statement in and of itself. And Don Tarnowski, who is so foundational at Winnipeg White uh, School, and she served, she's now retired, but she was an amazing, such a strong advocate for kids. And then our first teacher rep at Sister Mac School was a beautiful woman that we're going to have a conversation with tonight named Mercy Sackey. And you will see, Mercy believes in kids and believes in future. She had just has just such an infectious enthusiasm for believing in kids. A perfect can you uh, teacher partner. I can't wait. I, I think this is going to be a great conversation. I'm looking forward uh, to giving yourself and Mercy uh, a chance to reconnect. And uh, I, I can't wait to hear her, uh, her stories. So after the break, we'll have a chat with Mercy. Thanks, Daniels. I'm looking forward to it. exposure to post-secondary education um, and don't even know what the opportunities are and so through Canyo they get a little taste of everything and and um, it helps them become more confident and know that they're able to achieve all of the things that we show them too. <laughs> 
Um, my time at Kanye has definitely helped me um, grow as a person and realize my potential. Before I started Kanye, I honestly wasn't a super motivated person and I didn't really have like plans to go to college because I didn't really see like the point. But now like I definitely want to go to university just from being exposed through Kanye to all like the different careers and like um, like areas of study I could go into from like university. Now it just seems like a no-brainer to me. I feel like a lot of people view leadership as like um, creating a path and having other people follow you but to me it's more like collaborating with people and like providing others the opportunity to speak who might not necessarily have the same voice that you do. You can't help but feel hope. You can't help but feel a confidence in the future seeing these kids, these youth overflowing with potential and confidence and curiosity and having a program that facilitates that confidence and curiosity and helps it grow and helps it flourish and gives it a, a playground to truly develop, it, you can't help but have hope in the future. Absolutely. So we already did a little bit of an introduction before, um, but we're this is the, the first ever podcast that we've ever done. So forgive us. We're a little nervous. We're a little green. Um, but Roger keeps saying he, we couldn't ask for a better first guest. And you know what? Um, this, uh, this is amazing because from the onset, the first can you, I was one of the teachers. So. I started with Can You from day one. So mm -hmm. it's a privilege to be the first person interviewed uh, because I was right in there with, uh, with, with Roger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> how did you hear about Can You at first? Like, were you friends with Roger beforehand? Did you just happen upon it? How did it happen? Well, we had a program uh, uh, um, start to finish. I was running... Uh, program at Systemark, um, start to finish program in the Anitopsia school program. And Roger was one of the leaders. And uh, they're very influential, very dedicated. He was right on the floor with me, planning and setting up. And every, every evening for almost 85 to 90 kids in a, in a gym. And so we, we built that relationship right from there. And then when can you started? He came to me and said, Mercy, I wanted to be on board with it. And mm -hmm. I couldn't say no. Yeah. I couldn't say no. Well, you should have seen Mercy in action with those 90 kids in that Sister Mac gym. I mean, she it was such a beautiful sight. Kids from all over the world, 50 different cultures represented in, you know, traditional dress and everybody loves and so filled with energy and mercy was that leader in the midst of all that beautiful chaos you know in in the gym and <laughs> and I saw her heart for kids and I saw um you know how much she believed in what I believed in and what we believed in which is giving kids uh these opportunities and and not only opportunities, but what was underneath them, as we've talked about, like yeah. getting it at the other level of it's much more about hope. It's much more about confidence. It's 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 uh, people believing in you. And so Mercy was one of those first three partner teachers and, and the principal, Kim Midford, just an amazing leader. So we got yeah. off to a great start there in Sister Mac, one yeah. of Winnipeg's great schools. So that those were fun days. And, and, you know, really that first pilot project, we had, you know, five, six kids from Sister Mac, and we only had f yes. a few kids from around the city. And, and Mercy was so patient with us trying to design how to do this when we had never done it before. And we yeah. picked, and she, of course, nominated and helped us select the right kids to, for those early years. And uh, yeah. it was awesome. Yes. It was, it was, it, it, it was, and you know what? It was difficult to uh, pick up fuel because the need in, in, in my building at that time, the need in the community, Roger, is so much. And uh, you, you asked how we met and why, and I'm, I'm just going to go right there, why I said yes. 
um, you know, and when he asked me at that time, I was a teacher. I was busy. I, I was running after school program. I, I had my, I had uh, four children. I had family uh, that I could attend to. But I, but I, I know the, the purpose behind this uh, can you. When he shared with me, it lined up with my value, lined up with the purpose. And as an immigrant uh, in, in this country, sometimes it can be very lonely. And I came here as, I came here as an adult. I already graduated uh, when I came here. And even then, it was very difficult. Uh, it, could, it could be lonely. And figuring out things, uh, you have to have somebody to show you the path. And um, uh, yeah, to have can you at that time, and Roger showed me how it looks like. Also, my building have uh, majority was newcomers. I was an EAL support teacher. So I worked directly with the EAL, you know, students. And the need was right in front of me. And I could relate to that. And so the kids need uncles and aunties that we left back home. Um, you, had, you had community. You had people around. You just leave. Everybody takes care of everybody. It takes a village to raise a child. That's our model. To come to Canada and leave these kids, leaving their uncles and aunties, and come here in apartment with 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 no no not knowing anybody left and right could be very very lonely. The families are busy looking for jobs to 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 feed their kids. There's nobody home. There's hardly anybody home. They needed the connection. They needed after school program. They needed that light, you know, someone to show them. And and furthermore, not just after school program in the building, you know, but taking them to a higher place where their food would never have to step on. Who knows the University of Manitoba? Who takes their kids there? An immigrant knowing the place? No. So it, it took that vision that he had shared with me, shared with me that day, just resonate with me. And I never regret a second contributing to Can You. And I'm still, I, I'm still a member of Can You, even though I don't have the program. <laughs> I'm still a member, right? right, right oh, right, absolutely. Right? <laughs> a lifetime uh, member. In fact, you, we're going to tap your shoulder for some uh, good advice and help coming forward here. I know you're super busy, but it's uh, really exciting. So Mercy helped us get going in those early years, and we figured out how to nominate and make those tough decisions of which kids to include. And, and like Mercy said, her story was one like mine of empathy for the reality of some of the kids that we worked in. And sister Mac school finds itself right in the middle of that Spence street neighborhood and central park neighborhood. And those are, you know, highly densely populated, uh, challenging neighborhoods in our city. There are lots of, um, dangers for kids and uh you know our hope was that can you would would provide an opportunity to see something a little bit different you know it was interesting to me that you know you mentioned the fact that lots of newcomer kids wouldn't see themselves or understand what the university was like in fact you know it it has often occurred to me that the number one barrier to a university education is not finance but it's familiarity and so you know if if a family's new to Canada or if there's no there's not a family history of a university education then the likelihood of a child going down that path is really small but you know Mercy shares this vision that we can you know provide this world-class educational opportunity to kids from everywhere regardless of their background. And uh, even before uh, bringing you on, Mercy, we were chatting a lot about, uh, you know, hope and confidence in general and how important that is in a kid's life. Um, But also, Mercy brought up uh, this sense of belonging, like being a newcomer to Canada, you feel very lonely, right? You may not have those resources. Um, So having a sense of belonging that you are at home when you're at Canyon or you're at home when you're surrounded by people, what kind of difference does that make in a kid's life, Mercy? Huge, hugely. Relationship is everything. Uh, Building relationship and opportunity to talk about your fears and your worry and your concern is huge. And then these mentors, uh, some of these mentors are also immigrants. 
So we have teachers who are in, who can relate to these kids. We have mentors who can relate to these kids, and they are already up in the university. It gives them hope to see that if they are there, I can also I can also, I have opportunity to be there. Absolutely. And so that relationship really made it made brought made them feel at home and belong in Canada as a whole, belong in Winnipeg as a whole. It's bigger than just uh, the can you. It's it's connecting into the country to know. This country is, is a place where, uh, you know, there are open people. I can trust them and I can share my fears and my worry, but also share my joy and my celebration because mm-hmm. they were having a blast and they had a lot to talk about <laughs> when they came back. It's so true. Yeah. Now, Mercy, I, I think back to those early days and there were so many great kids from Sister Mac school. And, you know, I think of Angel, for example, and, uh, you know, yeah. s- you know, she was such a beautiful girl and, and, and was around Can You until she moved to another school. Yeah. And what are some of the other early kids that you remember uh, uh, from those days? There are, there are so many. I, I, there are so many. And even in my building at um, Gordon Bell High School right now, some of those kids are with me. So this evening, I told them what I'm, what I, what, what, what I've been, you know, asked to do, and I have, I have a one story that is in, at the end. I'll read it to you. I'm not going to read it right now. I'll okay. read it at the end. For you. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah, but great kids like um, Selena. Remember Selena? Oh yeah. Selena was the shyest girl ever. <laughs> would not. It was not engaged in school. Would not communicate her, her needs and Selena we were able to manage for Selena to join Can You and it took such a short time. Selena was behind the drum. I was Amazing. blown away to see Selena behind the drum. Gave her such confidence. It wasn't long. Selena started to come. Attendance was an issue then. Her attendance improved. Her confidence improved. She became part of the assembly uh, uh, student council team. Amazing. And assembly, Selena performed in uh, with the um, if you remember the jazz on wheel, she stayed on. She performed there, and then Jalen. If you remember Jalen, yes, Jalen had lots of behavior. Jalen had lots of behavior, and we didn't know Jalen would finish even grade six when Jalen was in grade four, but Jalen joined Kenzie, became a leader. Loved the program. Uh, Jalen was all of a sudden, Jalen is the one that's telling the kids, hey, can you, I mean, I get Jalen to announce when, can, when, the, when it's about 20 minutes to can you time. Jalen will go on the PS system and announce, <laughs> boys and girls, uh, that can you, will be, can you kids, if you could please meet in the office. That's Jalen's voice. Jalen became my leader. He would line up with the kids. Jalen played six. He was the one that guided them together Amazing. for me. And then, Roger, fast forward to high school. We had a, a, a principals and vice principals meeting. And I know Jalen went to Tech Ball. I didn't know Jalen had joined their musical group, musical dance group. Amazing. I see a tall boy in the center. He was the star of the show. No. Jalen stood and perform. I bawled. I cried. Oh my goodness. I couldn't contain myself. He finished and I hugged him and I said to the teacher, I said, you have no idea how far this grade, you, grade 11, this is grade 11, sorry, I'm sorry, grade 11. I said, you have no idea how far Jalen has come. And I shared the story with the teacher and she was like, I asked, he was a man. He was a young man coming to the door. Well, can you prepare him? Oh. And he had graduated. Jalen is now graduated. So that's Jalen. And then you have Melanie. I don't know if you remember Melanie. <laughs> yeah. Melanie is also another. Melanie is God in bell. I spoke with Melanie today. Melanie says to say hi to you. Oh. And thank you so much. Melanie now. It's in the music. Uh, she, 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 their family paid, bought piano for her. Wow. So she's doing piano at Gordon Bell High School, hoping to take it further. Wow. Um, 
there are a lot. Angel. Angel want to go into science. Angel want to be scientist. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, but that's great. And Angel was the shyest Nigeria yes. newcomer that had just come and had nobody. And we managed to get Angel. We, we talk about the program. Mom said, please do, please do. She needs friends. She needs to know Canada. We signed Angel. Angel became a star. And Angel wants to be signed. Wow. Um, That's incredible. The, my best story was one of the students who hardly came, did not want to come to school. Attendance was just unbelievable. He stayed home and came to school at 2.30 <laughs> because he wanted to come to school. <laughs> Because he was a kind of you, and the teachers were at rage. <laughs> he went to the office to sign in at 2.30. Mercy, you need to talk to your kids, because he came only because of Ken you. So, those are the few stories. Oh, my. Those are awesome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And for those listening uh, to the podcast... When, when I was prepping Mercy for this, I was like, you know, bring one or two stories of memorable oh, Can no. You stories. And Mercy comes just like, no, I have so many stories. <laughs> I, I wish we could go for another hour because I think you could continue with these stories. They're just, they're incredible. <laughs> Yeah. But but it but it's absolutely true, and there's this uh, uh, unifying theme in all of these stories where it's just these kids have this potential, have this possibility right from the beginning, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know whether it was Kanu that came along or or some other uh, entity uh, that saw their possibility. I mean, yeah. that's that's the factor, right? That sense of belonging and that investment in inspiring hope and confidence that really is that missing ingredient absolutely absolutely and any any child that have sense of belonging and purpose seeing their purpose will thrive will thrive in education system will thrive in the community will thrive in the university will thrive in their job as a great citizen Mm -hmm. can you has raised, I mean, you have Roger, you have Rose, Michaela, Michaela, Michaela. amazing Michaela. <laughs> like you have impacted in this kid's life and brought a great citizens out of them that they want in turn become leaders for tomorrow, <laughs> you know? And it started with dedication. It started with just, you know, your, your, your heart of exposure, exposing them to Otherwise, impossible vision mm. or hope that they would never have had. Mm. It's exposure. Somebody exposed mercy to be where I am. Yes. And my benefiting can you, because we're talking about the kids, but leaders also benefit from this program. Mm-hmm. Mentors benefit greatly from this program. But teacher coordinators also benefit because it, 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 it gave me opportunity in my leadership skills. Because I, I was the coordinator, I was the recruit, I recruited, I organized, I communicated to parents, I did letters going home. All these have added to where I am as a vice principal. Wow. All these have added to me. So I benefited as well. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Ro- thanks, Roger. Thanks to Kenyu, because I am one of your products as well. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And thank you for being uh, ins- an inspiration to me and to all of the Can You people. I mean, Mercy's been working with Can You as a school uh, connection point. She was uh, involved in Lord Nelson School the last uh, how many years? Where? Oh, yes. I was there for two years, two but years. I, left it, I left it in great hands because that program cannot stop. Yeah. When I went, to, when I left Sister Mark, I was Part of it was aching. I, I, I was glad I had the promotion going in, you know, into admin. But the part of me that was aching was my passion for the grand work of, of the school program and all these. So when I went to Lord Nelson, they didn't have Kenzie. And I asked. And <laughs> I, you know, I managed to push through <laughs> and, and beg. And, it, and they were very considerate. And I, and I was able to have, you know, kids started. And you know what? Families. We're thanking us every single weekend. 
every weekend. They were dedicated. Attendance was amazing. Attendance yeah. was amazing. One of the boys wants to be a, a, a doctor. And his mom came. His mom worked actually at the university and said, you know what? He, Atom. I don't know if you remember Atom. His name is Atom. Mm. Want to be a doctor. There are kids who got so much inspired. And then the following year, I begged for more, 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 yes, more number. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, because it kept increasing and parents were coming to me. And yeah, parents were saying, it's not, you know, like you can only afford for only, you can only provide for 10 kids or 15. Could we have 20? You know, and transportation and accommodation. So I left it in good hands. And I know that it's going to, you know, last for a long time because it, it, this is a need for every community, every school. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I wish we could help every school and in every kid. You know, I was thinking, Mercy, so Mercy, it was really funny, Daniel, back in the day, like Mercy was relentless. Uh, advocating for the kids in her school and she was always asking for more spots uh you know in those first few years there was a handful of kids and then it kind of exploded in fact the funny story about Michaela Michaela was selected by you to attend can you in grade six but her friend Sheila was selected in grade five and Michaela was so mad that Sheila got selected in grade five yes. and Michaela didn't get selected in grade five she's never let me forget that story and <laughs> Sheila, I think it was because Sheila's older brother, Kevin, was involved yes, in, in Can You. So you wanted mm -hmm. the two siblings to be there, and we allowed yeah. that to happen. But, you know, it's uh, year after year, you know, when we started our, our music program, uh, you know, and it was on another night of the week from Sister Mac's normal week or night to be involved in Can You?, Mercy said, we'll be in that. We'll, we'll provide kids for the music program. <laughs> and that's where the Jalen's and the Selena's came from. And, yeah. the, you know, just incredible advocacy and relentlessness, Thank Mercy, you. on just caring for kids behind the scenes, doing everything you needed to do. And, and I'm so glad you highlighted some of the responsibilities that those teachers have in Can yeah. You Partner Schools. That's one of the reasons why we can do what we do. We could never, as a staff group, take responsibility for all that organization at yeah. a school level. But this model of partnering with schools and with great teachers yeah. like yourself who, ha who know the families and know the kids and who have those skills yeah. to be able to organize them. And then the forethought to ask Jalen, to give Jalen the leadership opportunity to be that person on the PA system. That is the can you way. And that is, you <laughs> are just incredible at that. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. It was my pleasure. He took, he was my, he was my, he was my organizer. And I remember I came, I brought it home and shared it to my family and my son joined Can You Remember? Yeah, Clement. So, and then Clement, <laughs> your son, was on the track team at the university and he was so amazing working with the kids. He's a chip off the old block, Mercy. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah, was a bus supervisor. So your son was part of that, making sure that kids got safely from the school to the university and back. Yes, yes, because it's that important. It's that important to give back, whether you're a child or adult. And uh, he realized, he, he, he saw, I shared uh, the impact that was happening in, in my own eyes. In this case, I, did, I saw the transformation. I saw the transformation in this case week after week. And when Kanyu is coming to an end, it was not fun to see this kid. See. <laughs> it was not, oh. you know. Oh, thanks, Mercy. Mm. So, Mercy, you told us at the beginning that you had a story that you wanted to share with us uh, nearer to the end. Do you think now is a good time to, to share that with us? Yes, I will share the story with you. And this is handwritten from, okay. the, from the students. So at Gordon Bell, I, I have some of the Can You students with me there, as I said. So I'm able to see that. The beginning from, from, from elementary school all the way now in high school. And this is Sudan. Oh, Sudan. man, Sudan. Sudan. Sudan is, so I'm going to read Sudan. This is Sudan. So, 
can you give me a lot of opportunities and help me to, be be to better decide what I want to do in post-secondary career? It's also a great place to learn new things and make new friends. It really helped me to grow as a person. And I love what Can You does for kids. I enjoy it so much. I enjoyed it so much that I now want to give back by volunteering with them. I want to give kids the same good experience they did for me. Thank you. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. Sudan, that is amazing. Thank you, Sudan. If you're listening to this, thank you for taking the time to write that note. And we will gladly uh, have you volunteer uh, with Can You in some way. That's fantastic. Is Sudan in grade 11 now? Sudan is, yeah, Sudan is, Sudan is grade 11. Yes, she yeah. is grade 11. So she'll be graduating next year. You know, Mercy, you may not be aware, but we have now volunteer opportunities for high school students. And we call, we invite kids starting in usually grade 11 uh, to be what we call junior mentors. So they get to okay. uh, be involved with the grade five, six kids in exactly the way that Sudan is describing. And they get mentored by university students while they're mentoring and practicing their mentoring skills wow. with the younger kids. So it's kind of a, a leadership program for high school students. And That's so awesome. they don't have to wait until they go to university. Uh, a young a young leader like Sudan is a great candidate. She is such an amazing... You talk about a gifted, smart, talented, hardworking yeah. young person. Yeah. That is Sudan. Yeah. Yeah, and very grateful, and uh, very, very grateful. grateful. He's very grateful. Well, Mercy, thanks so much for taking the time tonight uh, to join us and to reminisce with us about some of these early Can You memories. Um, you know, this is our 10th birthday coming up in uh, November, and, uh, you know, we want to celebrate. We have a want uh, to have a year of celebration and reflection on uh, what can you not only has done, but what can you kind of stands for, and the and the why the why and the way that we've done what we've yeah. done, and you highlighted some of those principles so beautifully for us tonight. So thank thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, and it's my honor to to be part of Can You um, to to be there. I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to to work with you and to work with Can You to. To, to grow, to become the leader that I am. I, I will continue to give back um, as much as I can. So thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Can You Imagine? A podcast dedicated to sharing stories of hope, confidence, and action in Winnipeg youth. Can You Imagine wouldn't be possible without the editing and production help from Tara and Ritik Kumar and the technical experience generously provided by the 204 Rise podcast. Can You Imagine would also like to acknowledge the generous support of Rogers and the Ted Rogers Community Grant 